welcome to Coffee Conversations. I am your host, Jen LeBanc Billhart, and I've got with me today Bob Baker. He is music marketing expert and has grown his YouTube channel pretty well. Um, and he's also an author, musician, does lots of things. Um, so welcome, Bob. I'm so thrilled to have you on today. Yeah, Janet, thank you for the the invitation. It's good to see you, even though it's not in person. Um, yeah, and likewise. I, I just realized it's coffee coffee conversations, right? And I you I, have your coffee. I didn't. I don't have any coffee here, but I have water and some oh, and some juice. Okay. But next time, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get my caffeine from some other source. Yeah. That's totally fine. It's three in the afternoon, so not everyone <laughs> wants to be awake till midnight, anyways. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so no worries. Yeah, well, it's great to see you and happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thanks. That was a, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I like yeah. to think I'm still celebrating. <laughs> well, we can pretend it's a yeah. continuous celebration. It's an odd year. It's an odd year to do a lot of oh. lot of things. But I was planning on a, it was a milestone birthday for me. And I was planning a big like, you know, birthday bash. And I had a party, but we had it outdoors, you know, and and it was everybody was keeping their distance from each other. But uh, so. So, yeah, we, we find ways to make do in this unusual era that we, we're going through. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you got to do something. Yeah. It's- all we can hope for. Absolutely, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I know we have our we have a lot of mutual friends. Our paths have crossed uh, a, a number of times in recent years, and I know. Right. Um, yeah, I'm excited to share with you and your peeps um, whatever I can to inspire and, and educate and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. Very cool. So you're you're out of St. Louis too, and but I would say you have influenced and reached out to more than just the St. Louis area and region. Um, yes, that is safe to say. So you're doing, you're doing a lot of right things. So again, I'm very excited to be having the opportunity to pick your brain and see how you've managed to get so successful. Cause you, that, that's what you do. You know what to do. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people have, you know, worked with you or followed you and um, have adapted a lot of your tips and tricks. Plus you teach at the university level. So yeah, (laughs) um, one of your other guests recently. Yeah. So you're inspiring lots of people in many different ways. And I've seen that your advice and um, everything just, it works and it's legitimate. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. But yeah, you're yeah. right. I'm, I'm like, like you, I'm in St. Louis and actually I'm a native St. Louis and I'm born and raised here and I never have lived anywhere else. I've traveled a lot, Really? but yeah, this has wow. been my home for, for a number of decades. <laughs> you have to guess what milestone that is. Obviously it's 30 or 40. Right? <laughs> looks at me. Yeah. Well, 30. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. 30 is yeah. The new, no, 60 is the new 30. I don't know, whatever you want to say. But, um, but I, uh, so since I was very young, I'll just give you a quick little kind of uh, a re- recap of kind of what led me to where we, where I am. Um, but I, um, from an early age, I had an interest in the arts, in particular music and the written word. I was, and so I was, I learned to play the guitar, like by the time I was in middle school. And even before that, I was writing just on my, on my own, fascinated with the language. And then, Back in the 80s, when I was in my uh, mid-20s, 
I, I had this idea to start a, 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 a publication, a print publication that covered the local music scene here in St. Louis. That was, so that was the first time that those two interests, writing and music, came together. And by that mm-hmm. time, I was gigging out a lot, too, uh, yeah. around, around, around town, playing in many different bands. And, uh, but I, I ended up publishing this newspaper for 10 years. And so What was it called? It's called Spotlight Magazine, and, and older musicians okay. in St. Louis remember it fondly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I did that for a full decade, and uh, it, it allowed me to like interview artists uh, at at many different levels, from the local bands to, to mid-level touring acts to even major label acts every now and then. My focus was on local music, so I didn't really interview a lot of big stars but i did interview like cheryl crow when her first album came out and uh you know oh, nice different different people artists at the at the oh, time cool. and i just always found myself picking their brains about their what led to their success and i was always been kind of on, very entrepreneurial myself um and so that 10 years of doing that and then uh, uh in the early 90s like 93 my first book was published and i've since published like 15 paperback books books and many other oh, wow. uh, ebooks and audiobooks and online courses. Nice. Originally the topics were specifically about music marketing and I was kind of a pioneer I guess back in the 90s publishing uh with with independent publishing and also creating resources that were geared for the independent artists cuz back in the 90s everybody still wanted a record deal. That was the way to way to a go. Yep. And I was sort of like one of the original the early voices uh speaking this 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 uh, message of independence and take your career into your own hands and focus on fans and all this stuff um and so that set me up to uh where i put the paper i actually it was a 10-year anniversary issue of spotlight magazine i it was my farewell issue and i was i i, I wanted to dive more into um uh being an author and and you, like you said reaching more of a global audience using the this new thing called the internet <laughs> Back in, the, back in the late, <laughs> yeah. the late '90s, uh, this growing thing, I, sh- I should, I should say, and it's just been a great ride uh, since then. So yeah, many, many books. I've expanded. It started off with music marketing. Then I, I realized I, I'm involved in the arts. I, I teach and perform improv. I've done acting. I'm a mm-hmm. musician. I'm a writer. Uh, even some visual art and. So I started creating resources for creative people in general with an inspirational message and um, some books for how to, the night was, they was last day, the last time I had a day job was 2004. So we're talking like 16 years of, of uh, being fully self-employed and uh, wow, yeah. Amazing. And Congratulations. Thanks. So that's just kind of give you a little bit of the, yeah. and then there's a new, a new angle it. to it that I think we're, I had, that I, I know you're interested in talking about. Yes. Too. So that's more. So yeah, the online stuff. So I know um, you're doing a killer job just on Facebook alone. I love these little video clips you've been posting um, with the text that definitely like lures me in. And plus, you're hilarious. So you've got this comedic element that goes along oh, with it. Oh, thank um, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and you've embraced TikTok, which I I'm not brave enough for that, but I guess um, I mean it's entertaining yeah that's what actually, uh, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun i've been hearing about tiktok for a long time and i was resistant to adding yet another social media site because i'm on most of them not all of them equally yeah. but um but I, when i got on it i was, became fascinated with short 
short form video because I've been on, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about YouTube. I've been on YouTube. Yeah. I've been doing video since, you know, like two, well, 2006. So when I got on YouTube, it was the second, oh my gosh. second okay. year that I was in egg, egg, existence. So, and ever since I was younger too, being kind of a ham and a performer, I was used to looking into a camera and speaking. And so by the time this YouTube okay. era came around, I was comfortable because not everybody is like right now I'm looking yeah. into a camera lens. It's not a person, <laughs> uh, but, right. um, but you can, and, and a lot of people are, are awkward at first when they're, when they're new to that. But if you just get, you just do it over and over again and start thinking of it as a person that you're speaking to instead of just this little, this little <laughs> Absolutely. Dot. Well, you are talking to me. Hello, I'm yeah, here. I know. And, but more importantly, we're talking to the audience. Exactly. It's about you. It's about you that's watching. Um, exactly. And that's an important message. Actually, that's a big part of my marketing message is that you have to put yourself you know, self-promotion is is the is the marketing word or term that a lot of people um, are f- familiar with, and the first word or fra- or syllable that is self. And so, a lot of people are focused on themselves when they go to market and promote sure. and share their message. When really, you have to flip that around and put yourself on the other person's shoes uh, and realize that they're what can you say to them about what you offer that's going to be of interest to them. It's going to it's going to uh, highlight a benefit to them, and that's really what effective marketing is. One of my big part of my message over the years is pushing benefits instead of features and just being aware mm-hmm. of what the, your ideal uh, yes. fan, uh, what's going to, what they're looking for and what they're interested in. No, there, there, I mean, we could spend hours talking about just the last 30 seconds of what you said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to say that for so part. much. Va- I mean, there's so much value to that, but, but yes, we are here today to talk about marketing, but more so in the video side of things yeah. with YouTube and you've currently got over a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Am I close I in that number? I actually just hit 135, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. Crazy. Congratulations. Yeah. I hit the coveted quite a milestone. I hit the 100,000, like right around Thanksgiving of last of 2019. Um, and there actually was a slowdown, okay. like in early days of the pandemic. Um, uh, you would think that yeah, everybody's, has all this free free time there's a month or two there where actually views and new subscribers were down but it uh started but then by the time the spring rolled around i started ticking back up and so now yeah the the numbers yeah i think you're even higher like this month monthly yeah it's it's just crazy so i yeah be happy to share and it's a very different type of thing than when my books (laughs) well not very different i yeah, well, I see them as related, but it's a shift that maybe uh, I didn't see coming, uh, and I, um, but I think, but I, but I, but I love it. <laughs> so, are you? I guess um, people are on YouTube for many different ways, yes. reasons, and I guess you know I've started the show Coffee Conversations, and I'm publishing on just podcast um, platforms, but also mm-hmm. on YouTube, and. It originated as a podcast, but I wanted to do a video version of it too. And I found that it's more popular on YouTube. I guess people just kind of like the visual side of things a little bit better. Um, I I don't know. I mean, whatever. It could be a multitude of things. But anyways, um, I would like to be able to reach more people. And I'm sure a lot of, so many artists want the same thing. They want to reach more people. They want to get those views and the subscribers and do this big thing and whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, So like, how do I get there? I'm just starting out and I 
you have to assume I know nothing because I don't know anything. The only thing I know is about marketing in general, but I don't know how to convert that to YouTube and building that online presence because it's a whole different beast. Yes, yes. it's very um, different than any of the other social sites. But you, yeah. yeah, but I figured you're the best person for this because you can relate to me with this vast, you know, you've got a vast knowledge of um, with music and the arts mm -hmm. in general. And, um, so yeah, you just seemed like cool. the, the right suspect for me. Yeah, so in a lot, you can pick me out <laughs> so. in a lineup. That, that guy can help me more than the other guy. <laughs> All right. Um, suspect. So, right. uh, real quickly, I'll just, so for those people who may not know, who probably don't know, I'll just explain my real briefly the, the, what the YouTube transformation. So I mentioned, so YouTube was founded or started in 2005. I got on it in second year, 2006. I uploaded my first video and for the first decade, I posted a lot of stuff because like I said, I've been kind of video friendly. You know, I, I realized the value of video, but I had a wide array of, uh, of, of topics that I cover. There's stuff related to my books, stuff related to my music, to my comedy and, you know, song parodies and, uh, you know, silly and, and personal travel and family Christmas videos and all this stuff, whole wide range of, of things. And one thing I noticed over that, that decade is not every uh, video gets an equal, gets the same type of attention. There's always a handful of them that are stand out as far as numbers of views. And, and I was always curious about that. But um, but somehow over the first deck, that first decade, I guess 2006 to 2016, I guess, I probably I got to a point where maybe I had 4000 subscribers um, and I was a YouTube partner by then. They keep changing. They've changed the the, re the requirements. So you have to, have, to, you have to reach a certain some certain minimum uh, thresholds to be a YouTube partner. And when you're a partner. You get okay. one of the things, the perks that you get is that you can monetize your videos. You mean you can select what videos sure. you want YouTube to run ads on and any money they collect, they split with the creator. Um, so four years ago, I, uh, like I said, I had around 4,000 subscribers and I probably made, I don't know, 15, 10 or 15 bucks a month in, in ad revenues. I really wasn't focused on it, but maybe 20 okay. on a good month, you know? So yeah. I'll say, well, that's cool. But then uh, I got, uh, I, I decided to experiment. I just got, became really curious about YouTube. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe I was going through a stage of my life where I just was looking for a new kind of adventure, a creative project or, or whatever. Okay. So I started yeah. experimenting with things on, on YouTube. But one of the things that I, that I did was, uh, so I was, so, and this came out of my own personal interest. I've been a, a, a fan or a, a proponent of personal development and personal growth I mean, since I was in high school. And so, and I realized, uh, and so like meditation and positive self-talk, that's something like for years, I can remember back in my newspaper days or when I was aspiring to be full-time as an author, I would write out, I would say affirmations to myself, you know, and visualize mm -hmm. the day that I could support myself. Um, and so you do a lot of things just to kind of be, to, to, to boost your, your positivity and your attitude and focus on what you want, not on what you don't want. Cause there's plenty of things to be <laughs> unhappy about. So we have to kind of train our minds <laughs> to focus on the positive. Yeah. Self critical. So I was seeking, yep. I was seeking out at this stage, three or four years ago, I was kind of becoming a, a YouTube power user. I was seeking out guided meditations and affirmation uh, recordings and just often not happy with what I was finding. Um, and so it got to the point where, and this is like a lot of, a lot of ideas for new businesses come out of this. this there's, there's a void in the marketplace. And I knew my way around, you know, 
podcasting equipment. I've also been podcasting since 2005. Um, and so I had the equipment. I had the ability. I felt I had a decent voice. And so I said, I think I can create some stuff that that I'm looking for that I can't find. And then just put it out there and to see what people, you know, I didn't really have a big business plan. It wasn't like a big grand scheme. I just, it was like, let's play with this, you know, and see what, what happens. Let's see what and happens. And <laughs> they start, no, nothing viral, nothing like, you know, to shot out of the gate, you know, astronomically, but they were getting more views than my average videos. And the light bulb went off. And I so I okay. said, oh, I'm going to do a few more of these. They got more views. And so then I mm -hmm. became kind of obsessed with YouTube and, and just took a deep dive into learning all I could about it, experimenting with topics, with themes, um, with approaches. And um, that's how my channel grew. grew. And so now... Uh, for like a year and a half now, it's exclusively on my channel, just do affirmations, guided meditations, just kind of inspirational stuff. More, like more, even though there's a video okay. aspect of it, most people actually, 80% yeah. of the people listen to it without even watching the videos. They watch it first thing or, or listen first thing in the morning. Um, and so anyway, that's how I grew my channel. And then I had like 20, so I went to, from like 4,000 to 20,000 subscribers. Six months later, I doubled it to 40. Six months after that, I doubled it to 80. Wow. Now that doubling rate has slowed down, but still it's, you know, it's, it <laughs> continues to grow. And so, and so my, and so my views are just crazy. My most popular video has over 3 million views. Um, I have like oh around 800,000 wow. views a month. Um, so that's reaching. Yeah, it's just Incredible. nuts. And so and, and I have this whole new yeah. fan base of people who uh, just like devour my material and they, they claim based on their the, the dozens of comments that I get every day. I mean, I'm, I'm helping people improve and change their lives. And so what can be more satisfying than that, you know? Yeah, you're saving the world. That's one affirmation yeah. at a time. <laughs> yeah, or, or at least, and it does. I like to think that it does create a a ripple effect. If I can help inspire someone to think differently about their own lives, and their attitude changes. Aren't they going to affect their friends and their family? And so, I mean, it's what yeah, a way to serve sure. people. And and because of the number of views, it's the primary way that I also support myself. So that's so. There's all of these benefits, you know. Um, I mean, I. Yeah. And so, so anyway, that's where I am with that. And, and I'd be happy to talk. Yeah. So that's been like a, that's been a 15 year journey and it sounds like you kind of started in one place and are now in a different spot than yeah. you started out. Um, so I guess starting out, like how often are you posting on YouTube? So, so these, these days I post at least, uh, most weeks I post two videos a week. I just, um, I, Google gives you a ton of analytics in your dashboard when you're a creator and you can start a free account, you know, it doesn't cost you right. any, 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 anything. So I, I knew that uh, I had the highest views in the early, in the mornings, like six to 9 PM, okay. especially on Mondays. And so I guess it was that people are getting, waking up and, and I discovered long ago that morning affirmations were my most popular topic. Um, you know, and there are a lot of other channels out there that some channels have even way bigger numbers than me. And they focus on sleep affirmations or some of them on guided meditations. But for some reason, my morning affirmation stuff is the most popular. So I post um, like around 5 or 6 a.m. on Monday and then again on Thursday. Uh, every now and then I'll throw in a, an additional okay. one on Saturday, but two consistently two videos every week. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so you have to be consistent 
So with with YouTube, yeah, with your if you have a new channel or you want to breathe life into a one that's been sitting dormant for a while, you, it, there's no quick quick fix. There's no easy button. I can share. I'd be happy to share some best practices with you, <laughs> and maybe see see how we can apply okay. them to your own YouTube channel. Sure. So. Like how long, what's the average duration of these affirmations? Uh, yeah, so mine uh, are generally, uh, they're usually a minimum of five minutes, but most of them are in the eight to 10, 12 minute range. So they're basically five to 15 minutes. They're not super, okay. I mean, there are channels that have like hour long and some some of them have like these nighttime things that go eight hours, which is crazy to me. Um <laughs> So you you have someone in your head the whole exactly, time. Exactly. Yeah. Sleeping. People think that you, it, <laughs> there's, there's there's some school of thought there that it, it, it affects your subliminal or subconscious mind while you're while you're sure. while you're sleeping. But yeah. I focus on the more while you're awake one <laughs> myself. <laughs> um, but um, okay. so we mentioned kind of mentioned this earlier. One of the first things I like to point out is what makes YouTube different from all the social media sites. So I think you kind of uh, started heading in that direction earlier but if i were to ask you jen what 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 are some aspects of youtube that make it different than facebook and twitter and instagram and all these others if you had a if i had to put you on the spot like for me or just in a generalized just, opinion what makes youtube yeah what's your from your perspective what makes youtube different from these other sites um in complete honesty <laughs> um <laughs> i i don't use youtube as okay. a consumer okay so maybe that's, that's my fair. first problem like i probably should um embrace it a little bit more but no it's just not something that i've you know i know people will go on youtube for a tutorial on a how-to like oh i want to learn how to build this ikea cabinet let's watch a video um there you go i'm just not really found any of that super helpful i know there's this huge trend Unfortunately, my kids just discovered YouTube a few weeks ago. <laughs> They're four Oops. and five. But there's this whole thing with like kids and their parents just playing with toys. And it's mm -hmm. it, it sucks these kids in. And it seems like the easiest thing to just record this natural setting where you're already playing. And it mm -hmm. blows up because kids love it. They feel like they're there and they're feeling connected. And... Um, I don't know. That's just not really ever been me. I, I'm not a huge TV person either, I guess. Um, anyway, That's so cool. I can't really comment on that a, a ton. You, so it seems a little counterintuitive since here I'm asking you, how can yeah. I uh, build you, YouTube uh, or for the viewer? How can my the viewers here, um, you know, build their YouTube channel? And I have nothing against YouTube, but I would say as far as classifying it, I would not put YouTube in the same category as like Facebook or Instagram or we had mentioned TikTok or Snapchat. To me, it just feels different. Yeah, it's, it's, way, something, it's, way it's something that is living more permanently. Like, you know, Snapchat, the video disappears after two to mm -hmm. five seconds, whatever. Um, and, you know, well, the way the algorithms on Facebook are working now, it's you almost have to post the same thing five times in a day to make sure that anybody sees it. And so for me, YouTube, it's like more permanent. And it, so I, I consider it, okay, I want to publish something that's more substantive and um, th that just has more content to it. Right. So even though you're not a YouTube 
power user, your instincts were, were very correct. Like the point out is that, uh, so YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. It's owned by Google, which is the number one search right. engine in the world. And people go there often to seek stuff out, either entertainment or, or that to educate themselves about something. It could be, I need to repair my lawnmower. I'm looking for the best right. washing machine or microphone. <laughs> like, you know, um, and so YouTube is just a repository of entertainment and information and people go there to seek things out. So if you had to, if you wanted to fix your washing machine, you're not going to go to Facebook or Instagram and type in, how do I fix my, you know, you put in the make and model or what's the best <laughs> deal on it. You don't know. You go to YouTube no. for that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's a number one thing. And then you, 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 uh, were like I said, very intuitive uh, that it has, uh, everything has a longer shelf life on you on YouTube. Um, so I, if I, again, I, I mentioned the analytics so I can go in, log into my Facebook, uh, so we call it st- creators studio and I could see yeah. what the most popular uh, videos were from the past week or the past month. Yep. And mm-hmm. currently, uh, and because I check it regularly, but the top probably three to five videos I put out anywhere from one to two years ago, like that 3 million one is like the most popular, consistently the most, most views, most, most, um, uh, revenue. Um, but it came out okay. in June of 2018. Uh, and people are still, are still serving it up as a suggestion or people are still discovering that. Um, and so I like that cause I, yeah, one thing that frustrates me about, uh, Instagram or, or Twitter and all these other sites is that, yeah, you put time into creating content and it disappears and like sometimes hours, sometimes, you know, or even something mm-hmm. that is, is uh, really sticking is good for three, yeah. 24 to 48 hours. And so, yeah, you have a longer shelf life if you identify it, right? And if it, if it gets into the good graces of YouTube's algorithms. So knowing that, you, again, a lot of this is mindset stuff. I mean, I, a lot of my marketing that I've been talking about is, you know, you, I can, you can teach tactics and what buttons to push and all this stuff, but you really have to get into the mindset of how this works. So you have to put yourself in a position to be discovered by people looking for the thing that you do. Um, so in your case with coffee conversations, uh, it's going to be probably the expert or the topic of the expert. So if you, if you interview somebody who's really well known, um, make sure that, you know, you're going to put their name in the title. I'm assuming you put the, your guest name in the uh, title, Yes. but I'm assuming that a lot of your guests maybe are just locally known or maybe they're moderately known. And so then you have to put in the title or the topic that you discuss. Uh, and there's some simple keyboard research that that you can do just to find out what's more likely than not uh, to be found. And you have to, so you have to be really specific in identifying what this video is about using the words and phrases that people would be using to search for that type of thing. That's kind of like the bottom line. I know. Isn't it so complicated? Um, Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. So I had, um, and that's a very good point. So I kind of started out and I had in every episode, I would put the episode number. And then I think last week I went through, I eventually stopped doing that. So then last week I went back through and deleted that out of the title altogether mm. and put kind of the highlight of what it was about. Yeah. Um, I think one of them is like how to make music as a musician. I'm sorry. <laughs> how to make money as a, yeah. <laughs> how to make music. No, how to make money as a musician or something like that. Um, and like recording tips, like how do I prepare for my recording session? So I'm thinking about 
what are people going to be searching? So, I mean, the thing you had mentioned is that Google and YouTube are connected, I think is the first um, piece of information for people to understand mm -hmm. because, you know, that's the biggest secret of it all is how connected they are. Right. Um, so you can come up with search terms and people search Google and, and, YouTube and YouTube videos come up as search results more and more, but people are also searching okay. within YouTube. And so uh, there are, um, and so there are things related to that, that I've learned that you can use to your advantage. <laughs> so here's a question then, here's an interesting idea. So obviously the title is meaningful. What about the details that go under? How influential is that description as far as, um, I guess SEO would we be considering this? Yeah. So there's so there's different elements. Years ago, when I would uh, give YouTube advice, I would say title. I would say title, description, and tags. I remember uh, that was like a a mantra that I. Uh, so the title is, is <laughs> okay. The title is the title. It's what you see, I guess, under the video in most uh, platforms. Uh -huh. um, and then the description is that longer thing. You only see like the first sentence or two of the description. You got to you got to click show more. To, to expand that, but you have up to like 5,000 characters, I think, or words or something. You can put a lot of information in that description and they do use that to determine what this video is about. There are tags that I think used okay. to be more important that you that, that you uh, fill in that's behind the scenes. They're not publicly seen, but you can fill them in. Um, yeah, I don't think they matter anymore. I think even YouTube says these don't yeah, matter. Yeah, they're, they're not near. They're like, well, I still... <laughs> I still go ahead and load them up. You but, still do them, but uh, okay. but, but you're you're right. They 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 are greatly downgraded. Um, okay. The thing these actually the the two most important things right off the bat is the title and the thumbnail. And so just I don't I just want to assume anybody. Uh, I'm just assuming that I'm speaking to somebody that maybe has not just started a YouTube channel or maybe they're thinking about it. When you upload a video to YouTube. Um, once it's processes and everything in your dashboard for that video, it will take three random images from yes. the video that you can choose as the thumbnail. The thumbnail is basically the visual that you see before you click on something. So when you go to your homepage or you search for something, you see a list of videos and the visual you see before you click it to watch it is called the thumbnails, the visual representation of that particular video so you can pick one but randomly but the, the smart thing to do is to create your own it's called a customized thumbnail sure so you can go into i use canva which is an online free what the, the i other, love canva yeah i I, yep. I went ahead and upgraded to the paid version because i use it so much um yes lot, it's a wonderful tool so i yeah so i create a, a create a thumbnail uh that's visually striking uh and so really so there's a number of things that happen when a video is served up as a suggestion to somebody on youtube people see visually the thumbnail and they might read the uh the title um, and, but quite often the thumbnail is what catches their attention and causes them to click. Okay. And then, so YouTube pays attention to that. They, they, they actually have this like pyramid or this, uh, um, the sequence of events that they measure. And one is how many times is this thumbnail served up? Meaning how many times is it shown to people? And then of that, of those times, how, what percentage of people will click on it to at least check it out? Uh, once they click on it, how much of the video do they watch? And so if I have a 10 minute affirmation video and people are bailing uh, after a minute or two, then it's telling YouTube, this is not a high quality, it's not serving the 
needs of the, of the yeah. viewers. So we're gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna serve it up to as many people. But if they're watching half or sixty okay. percent or seventy percent on average, it's telling YouTube, oh, people are stick hanging through this. So this this is mm -hmm. proving. So they 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 use these different metrics to indicate whether okay. you because YouTube's mission. You got to realize. Uh, their their goal. What is YouTube's goal? It's to serve up the most relevant results for a given query or search phrase. You know. Yeah. And so they want to deliver the, the best quality experience for their users because that'll lead to more views and more ad revenue and all this sure. stuff. So they have yep. to measure that in some in some way. Um, and then there's other things like likes and shares and sub subscribes that that comments that indicate people are interacting with this piece of content. So anyway, so it's the so it's the thumbnail is really important, the title. Okay. Next is probably the description. Just make you don't want to like you're not gaming the system, but you want to make sure there are words in there that uh are pertinent to the 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 topic of the video. And then the new thing that I think is becoming more and more important is you know they're doing automatic um transcriptions or or captions. So they will automatically okay. take this like the art the dialogue that we're speaking right now youtube would automatically do use uh what do you call it you know uh, speech to text and turn that into uh -huh. a caption and they use that yeah. to also determine what is in this video what are they talking about okay. is it consistent with the title and the description you know um <laughs> so make sure that early on right off the bat you're you're saying what this thing is about not couching it in clever you know yeah, you want to have an accurate representation of it. Yeah, um, like at the beginning of my affirmation videos, I say the title: "Morning Affirmations for Abundance and Prosperity." You know, and and so and I'll so I purposely now word what I say, especially early on, um, just to, to hammer home the title. You know, and so you do all these little things and just okay. hope that they hmm. matter after a while. So that was a long little spewing of. No, all of that's there. like very, yeah, all of that's very valuable. Because um, I know, you know, you'd mentioned the thumbnail and YouTube will just kind of pick the most random of things. Plus, they're kind of blurry because mm. it's taking from the video. And yeah. usually it has no relevance on anything. they. It, <laughs> I mean, Or you have a goofy face. I, I don't know. It's always something. Right. So don't settle is the point. Don't settle on that. Don't be lazy and just... Unless they captured something great, yeah. whatever. But sometimes it's, it's I'm assuming, and I, I'm going to take this as um, some good advice. I'm going to do this myself because um, I have not done it before because I've been lazy. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but now I know there's more bearing on it. Um, and I'm assuming the since it's so visual, you know, you're using Canva and you're adding some text to it as well. Yeah, I right. So that there's some like keywords or maybe the title is part of it. Like what if we're going to be adding text to the picture? What type of um, written content's the most important? I'm a big. I mean, I, I see a lot of pop, you know, popular videos that just use an image. So there's like, and there's no one way to do it. You have to find out what works for your channel or your topic oh, okay. but but uh i just am a big fan of putting the yeah i i am gravitated toward uh the text that's in a, th in a thumbnail in the same way and i learned this from book covers too um i like like i, I was gonna have a stack of them here to, to show and tell but i i didn't i don't have any in arm's reach but, <laughs> but when i design okay. my own book covers or, or even when i have somebody else do it i make sure the title uh, is really big on the book cover, knowing, especially these days, and fewer people are, 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 I mean, my books aren't available widely in bookstores anyway, if you can 
uh, find a bookstore. But on, Am- on Amazon, <laughs> you're you know there's a thumbnail uh, image of the um, title, and so it's gonna it's pretty small. Mm-hmm. It's like the size of a postage stamp, and so you want that I want that text to to pop out. So that's something that carried over from book covers, and I think and you may know that one of my my probably. Um, what do you call it? Most the, the book that I'm best known for is called the Gorilla Music Marketing Handbook. Yep. And it was uh, fe- mm-hmm. and it, it appeared in the movie The School of Rock with Jack Black. Yeah. Which is awesome. uh yeah, yep. <laughs> School of Music. Um and uh I think they chose it because I had the time because they wanted to visually represent that one of the characters was the band manager and she was carrying it in a classroom scene. And I think I think okay. having the title very large and readable, I think helped. I'm just assuming helped it get into the, into the movie, you know, but no, that's really cool. Um, I like that perspective. Yeah. I mean, it is a book. Like if you're not going <laughs> right. to place importance on the words, then what's the point? Right. But there are, t- there are book covers where the title is kind of buried and you have to, you know, I don't know, but maybe there's a visual image that kept captures your, you know, that it's recognizable or whatever. Um, but, sure. but anyway, I, I, I find, I just like to design my covers with a, with a topic, and the title is prominent in the in the in the uh, the thumbnail, the visual that represents the video. Okay. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a solid piece of advice. Cool. So yeah. Cool. Well, why don't we take a couple minute break? But um, for a teaser, I would like to come back and talk about more of the editing element, um, how we're creating these videos and the stuff that you know, we're not just publishing nothing. We have to create something Yeah, and what that process looks like and some tips on that. So when we come back, we'll delve into that a bit, if that's okay. That sounds great. And also I could give you some free keyword research tools to help you develop your titles ahead of time to give you a better better chance of being discovered. Fancy. Yeah. Ooh, like that. Fancy. (laughs) (laughs) You're on coffee talk. All right, we'll we'll be back in just a moment. All right. Are you or your kids bored at home? We have the answer. Virtual music lessons. Mobile friendly platform. One on one lessons with a professional music instructor. Group lessons and kinder music too. The world is moving online. So are we. Join us today. Music lasts a lifetime. Begin today. Visit shockcityschool.com to sign up. All right, we are back. So this is Coffee Conversations. My name is Jen LeBanc-Billhartz, and joining me today is Bob Baker. We are talking about marketing and YouTube and how to help get things started, uh, some tips on making your YouTube channel and videos more successful. So thanks for being here, Bob. I'm loving it so far, and we got more, more good stuff to share. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So before our break, we were talking about um, just some kind of in general tips around titles and things like that. Um, And then I was curious about um, 
gosh, I can't even remember now. Well, I know you were asking me about like creating the videos, and then I then I then then I was yes. gonna share some like keyword research stuff to uh, right. Yeah, some real simple free tools. Or yeah, so let's get into the video side of it, because um, I'm new to all of this. Mm -hmm. Like prior to me starting this, I had zero yeah. video editing skills under my belt. Um, I actually had an intern helping me initially and um, he's moved on to bigger, bigger things. And so now I'm on my own. I was just kind of thrown into yeah. it, into the wild. <laughs> this is wild for sure. Um, so what are, I guess, first and foremost, what are the best uh, video editing platforms or programs? And what are maybe your top few tips of making an awesome video? Like what goes okay. into it? Well, of course, what I create with uh, affirmation and guided meditation is going to be different, a different approach than someone else. Um, you know, a musician obviously is going to be doing some different stuff. So a lot of, a lot of right. people are intimidated by video for a number of reasons. Are they reluctant to start a YouTube channel because they think that they need thousands of dollars of equipment and a professional setup and Admittedly, I mean, you know, like I said, YouTube has been around for 15 years and the sta like the standards, it used to be, you know, everything was grainy and, and low quality and things still went viral, uh, or certain videos did. Um, and, and so there's definitely people on YouTube that have high production standards, almost like movie production quality, you know, <laughs> yes. but that's not necessary. So uh, the, the great thing is um, that almost everyone has this thing called a smartphone. I have an iPhone here. Um, and so yeah. you can just use, and this is a pretty darn good camera. And so if you just want to get started and you don't have the ability to invest in or, or can hire anything, anyone right, right now to do um, anything at a higher production, just use your phone. I mean, a lot of people just do selfie type videos. So that's like the most basic uh, level of video. Um, and so you can just do that. You you can do you can do multi you can do especially if you do short stuff. Uh, like I said, I'm fascinated mm -hmm. with TikTok, and I'm I'm actually TikTok is kind of interesting in video because it for it's almost like the Twitter of video. It forces you to be concise, you know, okay. and get your point across in a minute or nice. less. Yeah, and, and a lot of I like that. Uh, and so, can you just do look quick little little video? So that's like the most basic way. And so don't let a lack of technology stop you because it's gonna you're gonna be awkward at first you're going to be uncomfortable and so just know that everybody goes through that just know that you're going to look back on your early videos and probably cringe but that's just part of the process because uh, mm. you want growth i mean if you look back three years right three years ago and you go oh i'm doing about the same that something's wrong <laughs> so you you want to start <laughs> off bad learn and get better and and better um so and i guess and maybe i'm wrong about this as in assumption so correct me if i'm wrong but you'd mentioned the quality of your equipment isn't as impactful perhaps um but it's your content like if somebody loves your content yeah even if you don't have this professional camera or whatever they're still going to watch you and not that I watch this particular podcaster, <laughs> but um, for instance, Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen clips and I feel like his lighting is horrible. His setup's not the best. And I, again, I don't mean to insult the guy, but he doesn't really, he's not investing in that because he doesn't have to because people love him for what he's putting out there. Right. And so it's just about the experience versus it being visually super engaging i guess yeah now you you mentioned people don't care about the quality they care about your content i would i would clarify that further by saying they they care about 
and then don't, don't put too much pressure on yourself, but they care about you and your personality. It's, a, sure. it's another one of my marketing yes. messages is to not forget the human element of all of this stuff. Uh, we're all trying to, whether we're musicians or authors or YouTubers or podcasters or whatever, we're trying to connect with other human beings. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, exactly. and, and the way you connect with other mm-hmm. human beings is you get them to feel something. You get them, you inspire them, you get them to feel happy, you make them cry, you make them laugh, you make them want to dance, you know, whatever it is. You, you Are you going to make the viewer want to dance? Yeah, I think the, if we do a really good job with this podcast, we're going to be boogieing by the end of it. <laughs> totally. Yes. Um, and so, and so, yeah, you can get that, that emotion. You can get your personality mm-hmm. across in a handheld uh, selfie video. Right, uh, if it's, exactly. and I, I seen a ton of those things where I go, man, that is really cool. Um, and so, yeah, don't, I guess, you eventually want to try to yeah up your if 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 you're drawn to do that you can slowly but surely improve your equipment or your chops or hire mm-hmm. hire someone sure. a freelancer to do that um i um it's not something that uh it's common uh, i use uh but i edit my video um yeah i mean i'm beyond using my phone these no i actually do use my phone when i'm on camera quite often uh, and, but I use a, an editing software on, that's, a, I think only available on Macs called ScreenFlow, And it was originally okay. like a Camtasia kind of thing where it was originally developed to, to do like tutorials or screen capture, like, you know, to show somebody what you're doing on your computer, but they've upgraded it over the years. Oh. And it's, I just find it to be really intuitive. I've tried iMovie. I know there's all these things about Avid mm-hmm. and all uh, these professional things, um, uh, so it's probably more about finding something that you're comfortable with. Um, I just like ScreenFlow okay. a lot. So that's what I use. I'm really quick with it. And so I can pull in my... Is that a free program? It's not. It's like, it used to be like a hundred bucks one time fee. It might be more now, but it's like it's probably still like 120 okay. or something. I don't know. I, yeah. Well, I mean, that's not bad. I mean, yeah. people used to pay for... Pro- you'd have to go to Best Buy and buy the, the CD <laughs> yeah. and... A free CD-ROM, <laughs> you know uploaded on the computer and updated every year so no i mean i have nothing against paying for a good program um i'm using imovie right now and it's i used it in the early yeah 10 years ago i used the first time was very frustrating i've gotten a little bit better but um i've i'm sure there's better yeah i i I, I used it, but I struggled with it, and I just found ScreenFlow to be more easy okay. or user-friendly, yeah. and I guess got the hang of it now. But with anything that you use, Absolutely. it's going to be a learning curve. I mean, there, there are apps that you can get on yep. your phone to edit and pull in various pieces. Because, um, yeah, when you use your phone, at first, if you're doing short content, you want to try to get it all in one take. But once you get to where you have multiple takes and you got to combine the videos and okay. trim them and you know add background music or whatever, then it gets, you, you need to upgrade and either learn to use your app. I mean, a lot of younger people just do all that stuff on their phone. I need a desktop with a bigger yes. monitor. You know? <laughs> I'm old-fashioned. Uh, I, I need the process. <laughs> I even have a mouse still. I use yes. you know, a, a mouse pad. Um, but so, so yeah, so just find the, uh, so don't let, uh, don't get hung up on the, on the production. Just start getting comfortable looking into a camera or looking. And also this is really important too, is knowing if you're doing the selfie cam thing, don't look at yourself in the, in the, in the, because it looks like you're looking away from people. You got to know where the actual camera is. So look yeah, into look that. Yeah, look at the camera. <laughs> Yes. Otherwise, it looks like you're evading eye contact, you know, in, in your videos, and makes you look shady. Um, yeah. So just do what you can. So again, I don't know where where someone's coming from. Uh, so, uh, 
but types of content a musician can do ever like for a lot of your podcast I mean, podcast listeners they tend to be musicians because because of, of what you do or is it a variety of creative people gosh or? i'm still trying to figure that out so okay. i started my podcast as an extension of my marketing for the school mm-hmm. okay and i think Which that's still yeah. a major goal for me because it's providing this supplement on social media and it's just this extra thing it's giving the visual and plus you know I just want to reach out and just give some fun things for maybe our current students or somebody that might be interested in lessons or as a musician whatever I I, I just don't know I'm still again figuring that out and so I think eventually you know I'm I'm honing in a little bit better on what my tar- target audience is right. but I'm still I'm kind of allowing it to take shape and come to life as it's going to naturally and so I'm a little bit intrigued and interested in where this will go. Um, and that's really I, I, smart. I don't know. I'm open-ended. Yeah. It sounded like that's a little bit of what you did. Like you evolved over time and you saw right. what worked. Um, and again, I don't know what my major goals are. Like, am I trying to really, you know, do I want to get 100,000 subscribers like yourself? <laughs> or is it like, yeah. you know, am I really just giving something supplemental to my students I, I just don't know um, right and, and it's okay not to know I mean yeah I, I often I mean in my life I've set many goals and and a goal helps you set off in a specific direction so you're just not yes. meandering so it, it helps to have <laughs> right. goals but another important yes. but don't be too rigidly attached to them and so you set off in a direction but it's I've learned it's super important just to pay attention like well for the one have a playful attitude and I've approached a lot of things in my life with I wonder what would happen if let me just try this and see what happens you know yeah. um and I think, and maybe some people think that's like a lack, lackadaisical commitment to it. But if something starts to catch on or whatever, then I take it, then I dive, I take a deeper dive, I lean into it more. Um, but a lot of what I've done is just let's see where this happens. I pay it, I put stuff out of the world, pay attention to how people are responding to it. Yeah. Do more of what works, do less of what doesn't. Uh, and some things I had high hopes for, and they just didn't pan out. <laughs> this no one was interested. Other things I kind of threw out there, not thinking much of it, and like it's like, whoa, this is really people are interested really, in this. Yeah. Um, and so this goes for yeah across the board, whether it's books or in my improv classes that I teach or what, what, whatever. This is all like yeah things I've just tried and and but anyway, um, I think that that's a great ap- approach. Just keep paying attention to what people are responding to, and do right. more of that, and do more of what you're drawn to do, what you're passionate about. And that will also exactly like I'm not going to have a podcast about building a garden in my backyard when I don't have a green thumb like that would be flat. And I think people would, you know, pick up on that. So even as popular of a thing or I could completely mimic what you're doing with affirmations, that would work for you. But it probably wouldn't work out so well for me. (laughs) So yeah, it would take a long time. Yeah. yeah, Right. So yeah. yeah, so I think what I, you know, obviously having a podcast or a channel, you need to have kind of a target audience in mind. However, and correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, this is why mm-hmm. you're here, is it's not necessarily about me creating something for a certain person. It's I'm creating something and it's going to be received well by these people. It's just like if you're writing a song, you're not going mm-hmm. to you're going to write a song that's um, meaningful to you. And that's your song. You're not going to be writing it thinking, Oh, I want Bob to like the song and all of his yeah. friends. <laughs> like that would, 
That would be goofy. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't put too, too much pressure on yourself to, to have, have a hit while like you're, you're in not the you're not writing process. a song with. I mean, that would almost I I can't even describe that in a quick two second thing. But I mean, you would just be kind of skipping ahead and way too forward thinking. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so you kind of have to just be yourself and be engaging and what comes comes and, yeah. um, you know, kind of taking that approach is, again, kind of what I'm discovering and hoping will, yeah. will work. <laughs> well, there's a couple of reasons I asked that. Yeah, one is how it applies to your podcast and putting them on YouTube, but also just to give some advice to some of your listeners who are many, many of them might be musicians. Um, sure. Is with the type of content to create. So in your case, Coffee Conversations is a is a podcast. It's a vi- you're doing interviews and that's visual. And so you might be at least in the short term not locked in, but that's kind of probably the exclusive type of content format that you're going to be creating. Let's just take a musician, though. I'm just going to give you an idea of the wide range of stuff that you can create and put on YouTube just to test out and see different ways to for people to discover you. So obviously, the traditional music video is one of them. High production. You got you know multiple angles or drone footage or whatever. Okay. You got the studio recording is the audio. Yeah. You know, so that's one way. That's like the typical music video. Um, but you can do unplugged. People just sit in their living rooms and play an acoustic yep. guitar or piano. Nora Jones on YouTube has been doing these series of just uh, shows from her from her apartment or her house or whatever. It's just her sitting there and playing, mm-hmm. um, and there's, and it's awesome. Um, so you can you you can do that. You can if well if we ever get back to live shows, have have a recording of a live show in front of a live audience. You can do, and actually I created something like a year ago or so called. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was all about uh, like 30 different social media ideas that you can uh, post or social media marketing for, I don't know, I forgot what the title <laughs> was, <laughs> but I had a whole range of, of things that you can, that you can share um, with video, like a tour of your, show them your creative space. People, mm-hmm. it might be, it might be old hat for you, but people might, are, people are fascinated by the creative process. So let people in to know, how do you write songs? What does your studio look like? Even if it's a home computer, uh, share that. If you're on the road, well, you're not, like I said, people aren't traveling as much <laughs> no as the they road. are, but yeah. um what inspired your songs? Uh, oh, here's the kind of a cool way to tap into the popularity. Anytime you can like attach yourself to the popularity of someone or something else, that's also a smart thing to try on YouTube. Um, because even though my affirmations are my, my own making, sometimes I'll pay tribute to someone like Louise okay. Hay is somebody that I, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's she is deceased now, but she uh, was the founder of Hay House this book publisher, she had a book years ago that was a bestseller called You Can Heal Your Life. And I just love her voice. I love her message. And so sometimes I'll pay tribute to Louise Hay. These are some of my Louise, my favorite Louise Hay affirmations. And people have discovered my YouTube videos by searching for her. She's very, just a lot more popular than I am. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not, um, I give credit to her and I kind of rephrase some of hers, but I will pay tribute to her and recite some of her affirmations and sure. and um but it's a way so you can so anyway like who are artists that have you have influenced you that are well known and you could just do a little video about what about them like the first time you saw them in concert or the first time you heard one of their songs um so there's all sorts of types of content that just a musician alone can create and put out there and you think strategically about 
uh, what the what the theme is and what you're gonna how you're gonna title this thing, and you can again increase your odds of being discovered. Okay, which, which might lead into those. <laughs> free keyword research tools if, yes. um, if you, if you want to go there now, unless there's anything I said that you want to. Gosh, I mean, there's um, so much um, that goes into this. And again, like you, you have all this vast knowledge that we, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, let's dive into that. Yeah. So, and I'll try to make this concise. Yeah. just, cause we're already, yeah, this is going to be a, a meaty episode here. So there's a couple of ways that you can approach creating videos and then putting it up on YouTube. You can just spontaneously do something or in your case yeah you're you're doing the interviews and then later you have to upload them and think okay what was this about um which is fine because that that works with 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 inter with interviews uh, i would encourage people though to to do it the opposite way is to figure is to figure out what they're going to talk about first what uh and by doing some simple research come up with a title and then create the video that lives up to that title. Um, okay. and so, so here's some, some, some simple tools. Um, there's a thing called auto. Okay. What is it called? Uh, auto suggest. Um, if have you noticed that when you go to YouTube, when you go to Google, when you go to Amazon and other sites and you start typing in something you're looking for, do you notice that there's a drop-down menu yes. that appears that's trying to anticipate what are you what are you looking for? Are you look, um, and so why do sites do that? Well, <laughs> YouTube and other sites do that because they want to get you to the information you're looking for as quickly as possible. And if you have to type out a long phrase, it's just going to take a little bit longer. So sure. they can anticipate what you're looking for. And then you're going to get to the what you're looking for faster and you're going to like Google or YouTube or Amazon more. Um, and so, but what they're serving up, the suggestions that they're showing you is indicating these are things related to the word you're starting to type that people are already searching for. They're, they're giving you popular phrases, right? Yes. So, so that's like free keyword research that you can do. Like yep. I, I did a workshop where I just put in, and this is tie into to the... Uh, to, to what you do and with with your schooling, I think I put in vocal lessons for space and it drops down and shows you like 10 different things, vocal lessons for beginners, vocal lessons for public speakers, even like there's vocal lessons for like trans people or people that had, you know, changes in their gender um, and having to read. And it's, so you just never know. Um, you, you get all these ideas of of of, co of popular f uh, search phrases on YouTube just by doing that simple little, and then you could try other, other phrases, uh, singing lessons for just keep on playing with the wording of playing it related it. to the yeah. thing that you that you do, and what you do is pick then one of those auto suggest things that you know something about. So maybe I do know vocal lessons for public speakers or vocal lessons for um, I don't know musical theater or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah, right. it is um and and hone in on those like uh as as being potential titles and and things that you would a address you can do the same thing on google um do the google auto suggest another cool thing about google is let's say you put in a phrase like vocal lessons for beginners let's just say that i put that in google i hit okay. return it gives me a page of results if you're on I think it, I think it works in both desktop and the phone. But if you scroll to the bottom of the page, it says this people also search for, and yes, it gives you other. You, have you seen that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
And so that's telling you, here's some other things that people search for related to the phrase that you typed in. And those are potential titles or topics for YouTube videos. Another thing that Google is doing, you may have noticed, is it has questions that pop up along with the search results, like, like, like uh-oh, what's, what's the best uh, singing technique or whatever. It's like trying to anticipate questions that you might have related to that thing you're searching for and okay. actually asking, having that question in a title and answering it in a video. And I'm assuming that's because of the talk-to-text feature that people are using a lot on their smartphone. It works even when you're typing is when that- you're not using... Okay, but I'm like I think that's probably becoming more popular because people might be like out to dinner, and they're like, "Oh, when did the Cubs win the World Series last?" And then they, you yeah, know, ask their phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so Siri or whatever. So, yeah, Siri, that's it. Um, so no, that's brilliant information, and I think that um, you know there is a lot of tie-in. You know, if you want your video to get found. Um, Mm -hmm. and get good visibility you want to have a strong title and that way when they're if somebody's searching for beginner voice lessons and you have a video just about that then it's going to hopefully Mm -hmm. um, send them to your video or your page yeah so that's kind of the point of it and just know that if you have a new channel it's gonna see you're gonna hear crickets for the longest time just be and so just because you're using a popular phrase there's all these other videos that have been out there longer yeah, that are so already showing up. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, but, but you have to just commit. You, I would say, you I mean, I would tell people you got to commit to like a year of consistent couple videos a, a week, just hammering so away at it. Be patient and don't give yes. up. Yeah. And, and, and uh, focus more on niche. So instead of a wide thing, how to sing the blues, you would go to how, how to sing uh, like Ella Fitzgerald on a particular, like go really into an, a, a Get- specific thing that somebody might be searching for where there's not a lot of competition okay. on it. I think you might have some early success doing that, really niching down. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. Because um, there's going to be less people looking for that. And then you'll maybe capture, start capturing people. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're alluding to? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's going to give you a better chance of being found early uh, with the more really specific, like I'm sure there are different uh, uh, guitar playing styles. And there's a if there's a really geeky... <laughs> obscure uh, thing that you know that this particular teacher or whatever knows about um do a video put that in the title heavily promote you know that it's in the thumbnail um okay you're gonna and, and there's and because you've also searched for it you see there's not a ton of other videos on that topic um yeah there's that's just another like, strategic thing that you can do with your youtube channel early on in particular okay yeah. so can we play a little fun game real quick Sure. Maybe maybe it's not a game. I don't know. <laughs> so I know that you had advised um, kind of finding your title through some research prior to recording something, but we didn't do that. Here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would be some good ideas? You know, we just talked about having a title that people are looking for, but then we talked about getting something more specific. But this show has been pretty broad in my opinion and we've touched on several different ideas so let's name this video let's name this podcast i was anticipating that you might ask me that so yeah what would you title it on youtube i'm actually going to open uh up youtube actually on my um so one thing again like uh, we talked about so many things here like i'm curious if we put all of these fantastic tips we've been talking about that you've shared with us into fruition what would we come up with 
Well, if you want to put again, if you put the guest name and then the to- the topic in one that just pops at the top of my head, not that I'm, well, I guess I'm <laughs> getting better known on YouTube, but uh, yeah. how Bob Baker grew his YouTube channel. So is your YouTube channel named after you specifically? It is. It's just Bob Baker. It's just my name. It's funny. Remember I talked about auto suggest? You have such a generic name though. I, that, I do. Okay, let's yeah. look it up. So if you start typing Bob Baker into YouTube, doing it uh, now. The, the, the first auto suggests, I'll actually, I'm going to see if it, if it happens. What's the first auto suggestion that comes up? Uh, well, I typed in Bob and this could possibly be because I have stalked you on YouTube before, okay. but uh, <laughs> I just wrote the word Bob and you can't see this, but your name comes up. So this is what comes up. Bob Baker, Bob Baker affirmations, mm-hmm. and then it goes into Bob Dylan. Okay. Yeah. So Bob, so when you put Bob <laughs> Baker and, uh, affirmations is the first auto su- su- suggest. So also yes. YouTube search already knows that I am known for, for affirmations. And uh-huh. so, so I'm benefiting from that. Uh, how, so maybe how Bob Baker grew his, uh, affirmation channel or YouTube channel or something along those, those lines. So if you put in my name, affirmations, uh, you, YouTube growth, Mike, you know, Okay. To grow a YouTube channel might attract some of that, um, but you actually might get some of my people finding your finding this oh, interview. I'm sure they'd love to see you here. It's a yeah. different side of things. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm happy that would be playing. That'd be that'd be great if you. I'd be fine with that if you did that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah I, usually so I, incor- I usually incorporate my guest's name in, but kind of not intentionally to not place importance on them, but I do it kind of as an afterthought and perhaps I'm doing it all wrong. Like I'll say, you know, professional recording tips with Sam Mall. Um, but it sounds like you're suggesting doing the opposite, like yeah, to uh, get to come up with the title first. But it, it's a little different with an interview because the, you don't... the guest name goes in the title. You're saying put it more in the forefront of it. It all depends on the on the popularity of the guest. So if they're going to okay. be if people are searching for them on YouTube, I'd put them. So you want to put the most important words early in the title. Um, okay. But if they're not so well known, and maybe the topic is, and also you said professional recording tips, um, that. I, I just mean, made that, that up. <laughs> yeah. But that, so that's, but that's, that, stri- that strikes topic. me as possibly a generic, like a, a pretty general generic. Uh, uh-huh. phrase. So, if, but okay. if that guest goes into a detail about how to record a demo at home or how to record, how to, how to mic an acoustic guitar or something, but that's really niche, I know, because the interview will probably cover a lot more yeah. than that. But that's an idea of how somebody who's an, who's an engineer and has a channel on what they do could niche down each video one is how to mic an acoustic guitar one is uh, how to you know how to record uh uh, a a duo at a home recording studio or or something and so you just again you just like you just crank out a bunch of content and you and you hit it from different your 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 subject matter your expertise from different angles and when you find something that hits even if it's just getting a few hundred compared to a dozen views do another video on that topic, but just take it from a different angle. You're not repeating okay. the same thing, but you're giving it a new spin. Um, and that's the way a lot of channels have grown is they kind of double. Sure. That's what I did. I, you double down yeah. on what's working. Okay. Interesting. So I'm going to do some yeah. research on that and I might have to revamp some of my titles again. Yeah. Um, now we'll just take a couple more minutes. I just have one more question though. So obviously this wouldn't necessarily apply in the music scene because you're going to have a very specific title for your song and you can't 
avoid that? I mean, you wouldn't title your YouTube video something other than your song title, right? Uh, so you'd be a little bit more confined in that regard? I would I would add some extra uh, words to, to it, especially unless you're a well-known artist and people are already seeking you out. Um, I would put either a reference to the genre or um, okay. the, the subject matter. I would, I would try to add some additional words to the title uh, to, to potentially attract some okay. people that the, the style of music um, that, you know, love ballad about a dog or something. I don't know, you know, cause that title is really important and that title is extremely well linked to people doing a search. Mm -hmm. Okay. If they're looking for the, yeah, if you think people are going to be looking for that song or looking for you, your name as an artist. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would early on to be, to help you be discovered, I would probably just try to add some additional words that describe what's in okay. that. But music, yeah, music is a little tricky. You're almost you, and, and that's another thing with as an artist. You're initially don't totally rely on YouTube to bring you all the traffic. You're going to have to send people there and get as many hmm. people there on your own oh, sure. uh, that kind of get the ball rolling before the the YouTube algorithm kicks in, hmm. and that can take yeah. a while. A uh, that's why thing. you got to experiment with. In addition to your songs, uh, do these other things that I talked about about the showing people your process and your sure. studio and, yeah. and, and, and any expertise that you have related to your music show that. And, and there's some weird weirdness about covers. Um, most people can get away with it, but sometimes you can get a, um, a strike or not a strike, but just, uh, yeah, it's an ever changing thing, but a lot of, a lot of artists have attracted people to them by doing covers of other well-known songs. Okay. And you can generally do that legally on YouTube, but there's still every now and then it depends on the publisher and what they, they have the right to take it down or just, uh, gotcha. So it could be a little yeah. tricky, but yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's to it be effective, but like, like, so pay yeah. tribute to other artists, do a lot of, do other things besides just your songs is what I'm saying. If okay. you can branch out a little bit. Yes. Yeah. What's coming to my mind is MTV Cribs. I don't know if that's still a thing, but um, I remember it from way back when. Yeah, yeah or you, they would like open the door and you're, it's like welcome to my mansion, and mm -hmm. um, people love that. You're exactly right. It's like let's get more of an inside um, scope of who this person is, and it, it, yeah. it's attractive. So, and if you have personal interests, if there's certain charities or themes, if you're an environmentalist or you believe in, you know, I don't know, uh, saving the animals or the dolphins or whatever, <laughs> you know, do, do, uh, save the whales. Uh, yeah. Save the whales. Uh, you can, uh, just do things on that. So what are, yeah. So, uh, what are your interests and what can you speak about and tie it into your music and your identity and attract people like okay. you? Cause your whole thing is like, you're wanting to attract like-minded people that you resonate have a with. cause. Yes. Yeah. And so there's all these little aspects of our lives we can slice and dice. Um, mm -hmm. And so we have to stop, stop having so much tunnel vision about what's possible when reaching out and connecting with people. Just, you know, use every right. aspect of yourself to, to share and to, Gosh, and then to, to have people discover you. Very layered. Um, it's really a lot that goes into it. There is. Yeah. And, and again, it's the way you think about it. <laughs> And, and yeah, I just absolutely. trained my mind to think in these ways, but it's not doesn't come normal for most people. <laughs> well, I think the assumption is, you know, all these young folks, nothing against the young folks, but, you know, they're just they're recording this video on their phone and they're just going to upload it to YouTube and things are just going to explode without, mm -hmm. you know, any thought. Um, and that happens for some people. But the reality is there's a lot 
that goes into it. And there's a lot of things that you can do to improve. And, um, you know, like you had mentioned, this is major part of your livelihood now. And, um, that doesn't just happen overnight. It's work. It's not just, um, it, it took years and paying attention and adjusting as you go and you, you're not going to know it all and do it all. I mean, you're, I, I still, there's things about YouTube I'm learning. And, um, and so you just chip away at it little by little. You mm-hmm. might start off willy nilly just posting whatever, but as you go, if you're serious about it and you kind of become, a, uh, just focus on it a little bit, you learn as you go and you just apply what you learn. And, um, again, yeah, you're, you, you don't have to have it all perfect just to, 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 to start before you're ready. It's another phrase that I, that I love. Just start posting stuff and you'll learn, yeah. you'll get better Dive as in. you grow. And these strategic things that maybe don't come naturally will, will come if you were meant to, 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 to spend more time on a YouTube channel, but maybe you don't. Yeah. Maybe so the best way to your... learn is do it. Yeah. <laughs> Apply yourself. And then figure out where it fits into your life. And for some, there's a lot of people that have YouTube channel, like make a livelihood doing some other platform or that sure. some other some other venture and youtube is just a sideline for them it just so happens that right now youtube is like a primary thing that i do because that's how it worked out um that's awesome that's not the path so, that everyone yeah. needs to take so that's well, amazing yay. i didn't know that so that's that's wonderful you wear a lot of hats though <laughs> oh yeah I, t- I teach improv i do uh yeah, yeah i it's I haven't amazing. done artwork in a, in, a, in a while, but I still play and perform music and write music and with yeah. my girlfriend primarily these days. And uh, I'm a dad and a dog owner. And, a, <laughs> you <laughs> right. and you have uh, a couple of plants that look like they still have life. So you're doing something. Right yes. Thank God. <laughs> my girlfriend waters them every now and then. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would forget. Oh, I have a show and tell here. Books. May I just yes. show these up? So the, the, let's do that. The, my flagship title real quickly, and then we'll kind of wrap wrap this up. The Gorilla Music sure. Marketing Handbook. This is the one that is in the school, the music, or the movie, The School of Rock. Love it. And um, okay. this is the one that your uh, one of your uh, recent guests, um, Matt Horman uh, from uh-huh. uh, Lindenwood University. He was using that as a textbook in their classes, and they said, well, Oh, wow. Bob lives in St. Louis and let's just have him come in and teach the class. So I've been an adjunct professor at Lindenwood for the last few years. And then other titles related to that um, uh, is the, the nine irrefutable laws of music marketing. Um, another book that's was very popular a few years ago called the five minute music marketer. And so if you think your time starts, I don't have time to market my music. Literally there's like 151 things that you can literally do in five minutes. Wow. Uh, if that's all the time that you have, and that's so no geared more. towards the music. That's geared towards the music industry for a musician. Yeah, five minute music marketer. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And then not, the nine irrefutable laws of music marketing is more like timeless principles. There's Ooh. always be a new website, um, a new gadget, but these are like if you can lock into these like fundamental principles, you can okay. apply them. They're to whatever, timeless. Mm-hmm. Whatever the thing is of the flavor Great. of the month for creative people <laughs> yeah. in general. I got the uh, the empowered artist. Uh, a call to action for musicians, writers, visual artists, and anyone who wants to make a difference with their creativity. And then if you like light reading, um, <laughs> The Passion Principles, that's actually my most recent book, even though it's a couple years, in a couple years, 101 Ways to Express Your Creativity and Share It with the World, where each one of these ways is a little nugget of wisdom that literally fits on one page. So you can pick it, it up and just flip open and if you just need some quick inspiration. And yeah. then... For those who are into improv and know the show, Whose Line Is It Anyway, mm-hmm. which uh, was very popular, Drew Carey yep. and 
still on these days with Aisha Tyler as the host. I got to know Laura Hall, the piano player and music director. And we okay, uh, put nice. out a, a book together called The Improv Comedy Musician. That's uh, Ooh. All, all these available on Amazon in like 13 countries. And wow. So, uh, and what's your website? For the music marketing stuff, it's thebuzzfactor.com. The okay. Buzz Factor. I don't know. I hope I'm not reversed here. The Buzz nope, Factor. you're good. Thebuzzfactor.com. Mm-hmm. And for creativity in general, if you go to promoteyourcreativity.com, that's promoteyourcreativity.com, that'll take you to a site where you can get a bunch of free stuff and samples of my of various books and audiobooks um and get on the creative entrepreneur vip list what i call it because i have a Ooh. podcast by that name yeah the creative entrepreneur podcast and the music marketing podcast and uh, i'm about to release okay. uh, some youtube tips on on those on those uh babies too oh nice Yay. so do you have um, do you have two different YouTube channels or several, or is it just the one? Uh, so I only recently, I, uh, the main channel is the Bob Baker one. Yeah. That, that we mentioned, uh, that has 135,000 subscribers. I started a second one. Uh, it's called like meditation inspiration just to, uh, experiment with some other related things. Um, it just recently, I just, it just recently got to the point where I could apply for partnership because it's only has like 1200 subscribers compared to the, um, and then I, so I didn't want to confuse people. I have a lot of music marketing stuff in my archives on the Bob Baker channel, but I don't publish anything new there on music marketing. It was just too confusing my affirmation and meditation people. So I, I actually do have a, I have a Bob Baker music marketing channel. That's really new. Only has like 40 subscribers. I'm starting to publish more of that on on that separate and when channel. did you start that? I mean, I think I created it like last year, but I, I haven't, okay. I only, I haven't really been focusing on it. Uh, but eventually I'd like to populate that with the newer music marketing stuff. Cause I still have a lot sure. to offer. That's what I'm known for yeah. the longest. Um, but I didn't right. want to water down the main channel. Um, okay. With, with I'll have to check that content. out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all on YouTube. If you search for my name in music marketing, hopefully you'll find that too. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, this has been fun, Jen. Well, we, this we, has we, been a long, long interview. <laughs> <laughs> it just flowed. And so, and you've got, again, a world of knowledge. So it's been cool. very insightful. So thank you so much. You bet. And continued success with all of your efforts. And I hope Thanks. that we'll eventually be able to see each other in person again. Yeah. Someday. Same to you. Same to you with the success and uh, seeing you, of course. <laughs> right. Sounds good. Thanks all a right. lot. Thanks, Bob. You have been listening to Coffee Conversations. I am your host, Jen LeBanc-Billhartz with Shock City School of Music. And we had our guest, Bob Baker, today with lots of tips on how to grow your YouTube channel and some music marketing. So thank you again for being here, Bob. He's got several websites, um, which we just listed, and we'll tag all of those in our comments. And you can find us at shockcityschool.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, share and you can even support Um, comment below if there's something that really stood out to you or maybe you've got some awesome tips or maybe you've tried one of these things that we talked about today so be sure to comment on that we'd love to hear from you all right enjoy your day and we'll see you soon bye-bye